You're listening to Established, a podcast at Chess Mountain Church. What is up, Established Podcast? Happy Monday from us here in the, the podcast studio, if you call it that. I am here on a wonderful Monday afternoon with my co-host, Bridge and Brand Farmer. <laughs> yep. Say hello to the people. Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> you stopped him. Yeah. It wasn't your best work, so it threw no. me off there. So No, um, that's okay. But I'll, I'll receive it. That's all you have the option to do at this point. For those of you that don't know, his real name is BB. So That's actually not <laughs> <laughs> Those are my initials. But also your real name. But more excitingly... <laughs> We have a guest on the podcast. We do. The one, the only, Pastor Brian Hall. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. She failed at that intro, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not her best work at all. No. Well, I wanted to call you Brain, but then I was like, if I start with that, then people are not going to know you who spell you are. It all the time. Yeah, I, in my head, every time I read Brian, my head flips the A and the I, and I just read Brain. But Brain you Hall. just pronounced it like Bran. Bran? Bran? That's Brain? <laughs> There's no way people make it past the <laughs> intros of these <laughs> first three minutes. <laughs> you know, you it's can... It's such an interesting take on how your brain works. You can be a hater all you want. I've gotten some positive feedback about the intros to the podcast. My mom told me I'd do a great job. <laughs> <laughs> My mom doesn't listen. Let's be <laughs> no, I get I get good feedback though about hey, never stop picking on BB. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm always here to say, podcast listener, I will never stop. So there it is. There you have it. Hot take. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to. It'd be weird if you didn't. You're absolutely right. But I'm really excited about today. Me too. So here we are, week two mm-hmm. of. Christian habits and established. And we're talking about prayer and fasting. So of course we had to have Brian on as our guest. One of the things that we love so much about Brian at Chestnut Mountain Church is the way that he not only teaches about prayer, but the way that he models it with his life. And so couldn't think of anybody better to have for this conversation than our pastor himself. He's made the time out of his busy schedule. I was late, though, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay, man. It was late twice. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We I won't talk pr- about the fact that... I was that praying. That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about the fact that Kelsey just bailed on this last yes, time. Yes, I Not on purpose. It's okay, you know. Not on purpose. This is important to me. We see. We see how valuable you find Pastor Brian Hall and his <laughs> wisdom. So, <laughs> so valuable... That you forgot about us. <laughs> forgot on accident, but we are here making up. Do you ever forget on time. purpose? No. I don't I don't just wake up and decide to forget. It is always accidental. Yeah, I, I think that's how forgetting works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to take this time to transition into uh, what we'll be talking about today because BB is flustering me. So prayer and fasting. Here we are. Here we are. Week two, established season three. 
not semester three, season three. So talking about prayer, I think the best obvious place to start is we have to define what it is. So somebody, what is prayer? It's our communication with the Father. It's our access. Uh, it's how we walk in relationship with Him. Um, it's also where we find, I'm sure uh, Pastor Brian's going to talk about this, but it's where we find our, our power in, in our relationship with Him. But it's how we we talk to Him. It's how we plead with Him. It's how, um, so I think how we defined it the other night was it's communion with God, relationship with God. It's our access uh, to our communication for guidance and repentance mm-hmm. would be the more like technical way to define it, but it is as simple as just how we communicate with our father. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of times we overcomplicate it in that, that it is a simple dialogue yeah. between two. But our problem is, is we kind of have a misconception of prayer mm. in that we feel like we have to do all the talking and we don't mm. for lack of better words, shut up long enough to let him respond, let him answer. Yeah. And we check a lot of boxes in our prayer life if we're not careful. Yeah. yeah. So how do you have a conversation with someone that you can't audibly hear? That's a good question. I think it really, not to reference yesterday, um, but where Paul is even addressing the, the church at Thessalonica and he's encouraging them, the way that we live out this love, the way that we show love is the first discipline that he gave us was to live this, this quiet life. And in the original language, it literally means to slow down. It means to Mm -hmm. not necessarily where we just sit in absolute silence, but I think it is slowing down long enough to, to hear the father's voice in our spirit, because no, there's not many times myself that you could say that we hear an audible voice that God says, go do this. That's not really how that God communicates. I think that a lot of times that when we say that he responds, we've got to be accompanying our prayer life with a reading of the scripture because he speaks that way. Um, But also when we request things and he's not necessarily going to answer it right there in that moment of, Mm -hmm. of, of the request or making our heart's desire known but it could be that he answers it later through his word, through other people, and through just that inner peace that God will give us. Um, so I guess that's how I would say it, that, yes, it's not necessarily going to be an audible yeah. communication where we're hearing the voice of God, so to speak, the way we would say that we mm-hmm. hear the voice of mm-hmm. God. So Wouldn't it be awesome, though, if that's actually how... Like, There's so many times I wish like God would just be <laughs> like pick up the phone and call me. Be like, hey, Brandon, just do this. Or send you a text message. Send me a text, something. Yeah. But I do think that's important to understand, like, that idea of, was it Romans 8 that talks about, like, uh, his spirit testifies to my spirit Mm -hmm. that we are his. And that idea of, like, in prayer, like, when it's not just as rigid, like, I say these things and then I'm done. But it's like that communication and sitting in it for a while. Um, There have been times where it feels like, you can hear him like yeah. as if he's in the yeah. room. And a lot of times it is, it's just pointing us back to the word. It's pointing us back to a conversation with a fellow brother or sister that is like pointing you to Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. That I think is how he answers. And sometimes he answers just mm-hmm. in silence. Like, yeah. Right. Which is yeah. a lot of times for us that we need, like we don't, we don't always need the answer. We just need to learn the obedience. Well, and mm-hmm. I, I remember the first I can, this is kind of my, 
my monumental stone moment of placing it in the river of the first time I can honestly say that as a 18 year old boy that I remember we'll put this in quotes unquote hearing God speak to me when I was making a decision about college mm-hmm. and and in my spirit in that moment of prayer in the altar at a little bitty Baptist church on Union Church Road I was asking God for direction and the only th- when the thought would come to my mind would be when I would the thought would come across my mind to stay at home with my family that was the only thought that brought peace mm. and that was the spirit of God leading me in that direction because my flesh wanted to go play basketball the thing that I loved but I will never forget that moment because that was like the moment that I first remember as clearly as I've ever heard God speak to me in my spirit was then um, so no I didn't hear the words but it's as if I spoke the words and those are the words that God gave me peace mm. with yeah. speaking if that makes any sense at all That's good. so so let's go more on that so you're saying that you you heard it in your spirit Mm -hmm. right and it's not audible but you you hear something so for the listener that's maybe trying to navigate the portion of prayer that is equally listening as it is speaking more listening than it is speaking a lot of the time what is it that you are listening for how do you know to discern what what you're hearing how do you know when it's you how do you know if it's the spirit of god like what are some practical things of how you know to listen that's good i think it's it's going to point you back to uh he's god's never going to say anything that contradicts scripture yeah so anything that uh you can't that you can't find in scripture and isn't like supported by the text, then that's not from God. Right. Um, so like for me, one of the, <clears throat> one of the moments that I feel like I've, that God spoke the clearest to me was one of those moments where it felt like God was in the, like mm-hmm. if you'd been in the room, you'd heard it kind of thing. Yeah. I do not believe he spoke audibly to me, but that's how it felt. And I'd gone through an engagement in, we can bond over that, Brian. And, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, like just in one of my broken moments and like I remember being really, really frustrated with God and I, I can't remember like saying things of my frustration and, and but reading in scripture too and I remember laying against like the bed and uh, and it just felt like God goes, do you feel better? Like do you feel better, Brandon? I have you. Hmm. And then like, and then started reminding me of promises yeah. that I'd read in scripture <clears throat> and it was like just bringing back, like it was like, Oh, you said this, you said this and said this in text in the scripture. And so it was like, those are the moments I was like, Oh, it wasn't, I just had like something bad to eat and I'm thinking I heard something. It was like, he reminded me of scripture. That's one. And it also goes to the whole, the whole idea that we read the peace that passes all understanding because there's been things in my life that I have prayed for that my flesh desired, that my flesh wanted And to be honest with you, I let my flesh overtake what I felt the Spirit was leading me because whatever decision it was, there's multiple decisions. Even now in marriage, you know, deciding, you know, something as simple as buying this car or, you know, making this decision about a home. Hmm. Our flesh battles and there's things our flesh desires. 
and what I've happened a, a lot of times in my life, if I as I have allowed the flesh to speak louder than the spirit, in that I was not at peace, yeah, and went on and did it anyway, mm. and it mm. ended up a train wreck. Yeah. Not to say that anytime we follow God, that it's all going to be, right. you know, yeah. roses and lilies. That's not the, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I believe because I was not at peace, made the decision on my own anyway. It's almost one of those I told you so moments from a father would discipline a child yeah. because that's what he does, you know, actively in my life. But there are those moments that the peace would pass all understanding, even to the point because the whole school thing, mm-hmm. I wanted it so bad that it did not make sense not to do it. Mm. Right. But I knew that the, the, the peace that I had didn't make sense to my flesh, didn't mm-hmm. make sense to anybody else that it was around me. Yeah. But then six months later, when you know we were in the hospital, finding out my dad was potentially about to pass away, and in that moment, I realized, okay, wow. God, this is why you gave me peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six months ago, this is why you led me in this direction. So, wow. so discerning, discerning peace, then, because peace is something that we can manufacture mm-hmm. and it's something that we can feel but there's also a distinct difference in the peace that we can create or the peace from circumstances and the peace that you're talking about in Philippians 4 that surpasses all of our understanding right so I'd heard it said I think it was a mentor of mine that had said um, Kelsey a good sign for you in your prayer life and in your walk with discerning the will of the father is always to follow your peace so how do we know to discern his peace versus the peace that I have talked myself into because it was what I really wanted. The difference is, is it's a peace that doesn't make sense. Yeah. When you've talked yourself into it, you've made sense of it. That that's just no, it's kind of the way I feel. I mean, because if though if if we can talk ourselves, we can talk ourselves into anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think I mean it's just the it's a peace that doesn't make sense. That honestly, like BB said a moment ago, you you can even get, you can even have peace about what you're supposed to do and be angry about it. Mm-hmm. If that make if if that yeah. at all makes sense, yeah. I think too the peace is like usually it's leading you into, like God gives us peace that doesn't make sense. Usually when it's the circumstance that there's no way that you can like make yourself want to have peace. In exactly. That yeah. Right. So it's usually leading you into something that is going to be uncomfortable or is um like is gonna feel out of place or stretch you a ton um there's something to to, like it's hard to define because it is an experience that we have from god and it's just something that settles deep in you of like i don't know i i think of it too like when i've experienced those moments of like confirmation and prayer in a piece it's almost like it just is a overwhelming sense of like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Even when it's like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be okay. Well, when I, you're when in that sense, it's like letting a dream die of like playing yeah. basketball somewhere. Mm. That's not something that is usually taken lightly. Right. And, um, yeah. And I think too, though, it's a reflection of how closely you're walking with the father, That's because right. we all know that a lot of times that our, our crisis turns us to prayer. And the hard part is, is if, if if we weren't, you know, walking in fellowship with Father, mm-hmm. if we weren't in communion with the Father before the crisis, now it's like all of a sudden we feel like we have to turn our super spiritual hat on 
because oh now here's crisis i've got to pray about it yeah yeah when the beauty of walking with the lord is i, I heard a guy say one time he said be in such communion with the lord that you're not having to look for his will for your mm -hmm. life you're walking in it that's, that's good. good and it's because you're constantly seeking direction in every way you turn it's not like mm -hmm. you're coming to this pivotal moment you know, like a school decision where, okay, I've got to go left or right here. But if we're in constant communion with the yeah. Father, He's guiding us down yeah. that path. And I think what we do learn about those moments of conflict or when it's everything's chaos and tragedy is taking place, uh, when when you when you pray in a way that like the only your only hope is if God answers mm. or does something. Um, in those strategies, that's like how you pray because you're so yeah. desperate for them. Yeah. Like, but if you did that in the everyday yeah. life, like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm about to walk into this meeting. God, I can't do this apart from yeah. you. And that yeah. desperation, I think we would hear God speak a lot more. Yeah. And it would be, we would walk in a lot more clarity. But we don't normally pray like that because we can fake it on our own strength. Yeah. Well, we're mm -hmm. living in the flesh. And that's, I'm not trying to segue, but that's where fasting comes in because you're right. so used to dying to your flesh that you're so hypersensitive yeah. to the Holy Spirit because you've battled dying to yourself more than you ever have before. Yeah. Yeah. And you're allowing the Spirit to, I won't say speak more loudly and clear, but because I don't want to make it sound like it's audible, but I think it's all about our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and where we're at in that walk and in that journey. Yeah. So, what would we say is the fruit of a prayerful life versus the result of a prayerless life? Now, granted, there are some things that are pretty blatantly obvious, but I mean, speak to your own walks because sometimes if we're not careful, if we don't stay disciplined, prayer comes in seasons like mm -hmm. any other type of habit like we're walking through in this series, but maybe attest to the difference you've seen in your own life when there was fruit because you were connected to the vine, right? Versus when you tried to walk in your own strength, which is ultimately what it comes down to, to be mm -hmm. prayerful or prayerless. I think the fruit is you, one, you have the fruit of the spirit. Uh, so is what Paul writes about peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Uh, I think you like, we'll see that embodied a lot, uh, a lot more clear. Like, so for me, uh, I'm less like agitated. Like I'm quickly agitated. Brian is smirking because he knows mm, that's yeah. true. Yes. Uh, it's a short man syndrome in me. And uh, I'm really six three. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Keep going. So you can be whatever you want to be. Man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I don't know. Like everything feels when I'm not in prayer, when I'm not like, when I'm not, uh, Discipline, disciplining myself to pray and read, uh, then I feel like I'm walking in a very dry land. Like I f it feel everything feels dry. Like nothing feels uh, successful or like even appe like appealing to me. Uh, it's just kind of because I'm ultimately doing it all in my own power. Yeah. Uh, but when I am like, so I think of the seasons like fasting is by far not my favorite thing to do. Right. It is one of the most fruitful things I've ever done, but I like food. Hmm. But when I, when I do fast, like the clarity on like how, like when I feel God prompting me to do things. Mm -hmm. So like when you're in a public place and you feel the spirit, which is a weird thing to like explain. It's almost like the spirit's speaking, yeah. but like, it's just a feeling you have of, Hey, they need to know the gospel. Hmm. 
those moments when I, when I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to do something is the moments when I'm the deepest in like, or deeply connected in prayer or have been fasting or I'm, uh, Mm-hmm. And weaving all these disciplines together. So for me, it's like, it's clear, dry. I'm shorter with people. Like I'm, uh, I'm annoyed quicker. I'm not, I don't see the beauty of what God's doing around me when I'm not praying. Yeah. But when I am, it's like, mm-hmm. everything's different. Everything, like everything's elevated, mm-hmm. um, which is really hard. Like the experience of life that God has given us, it's just like, everything's more tangible in those moments. Yeah. And not to make the relationship with God just about an experience, but it's that stuff of like, even when everything uh, sucks around you, like it's still better. Yeah. And I think that's what Paul's talking about in, in when he says peace that surpasses all understanding. He's in a moment where like there is no peace. Yeah. Like it's all been robbed from him. Yeah. And he's still like, hey, I have peace. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what that looks like. I think for me, very similar that like, this is how how... I guess manipulative and sneaky the enemy is, is it's almost as if I wish when I was in a season of prayerlessness that even things here at the church would just kind of be derailed and fall apart and get harder and harder and harder. But the reality is, is the enemy is so divisive, so sneaky, such a liar that even in my prayerlessness, on the surface, it can seem that things are going good. Yeah. People are still coming to church. Yeah. Things are still smooth. The water's smooth or it's somewhat as, as smooth as it can be. Yeah. And so sometimes in those moments, I realize that because we're just sort of going downstream, sort of all just checking Sunday off the box, checking Wednesdays off the box, if we're not careful, that can too be a, an example of prayerlessness. Mm. But a prayerful life are those moments where we leave walking away going, there's no way that that happened. Right. Yeah. There's no way that, that God allowed us to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I can think back. I mean, that's been my prayer since I since God opened the door for us to be at Chestnut Mountain is, God, I want to be a part of something that no man can get credit for. Mm. That's good. And if we're in a prayerless life, there's things that's going to happen that man can get credit for. Now, ultimately just our culture is going to give man credit for, for things. But we know as a team, we know as, as the ones that, that as we're walking in this journey together, that the things that we've got to see Hmm. have only come from a prayerful life because it's directions that God has given us that honestly, when he would lead us, I'd say, no way, no way will this ever work. No way yeah. will this ever happen. And then all of a sudden when it does, you're overwhelmed because you know that it's only God who could do it. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's so good. And I think like, uh, it's one of the things I appreciate so much about you, uh, Brian, is like how you have led us in that. Like we experienced it as a team before you mm-hmm. came on because we had just got to a place yeah. as a church where like, hey, there's no hope. We don't know where to turn. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but even the intentionality, like, of, um, and this plays out for the listener, like, even, even if you're not in, like, vocational ministry, like, we don't make decisions without praying about mm-hmm. it. And then when we do, we're quick to check each other on, yeah. have mm-hmm. we prayed about it? Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of stuff, like, I think of, like, staff meetings where, like, thinking through, like, 
calendar and events and it's like, Hey, have we prayed about this? Yeah. Uh, well, before we go anywhere, like yeah. I can think of like specific times where you like dismissed us to go, Hey, go spend an hour praying mm-hmm. and, and how like, there's part of me that's like not at all type A. And then there's part of me that is type A. That's mm-hmm. like, no, no, we got to make a decision. Yeah. And, uh, but the beauty behind that is we've, we've asked God to do stuff that makes zero sense. Right. And he's just been faithful time after time. And even like the learning from you, uh, this is not to elevate Pastor Brian, but like when I think of prayer and I think of someone in my life that's modeled it the best, I think of you. And just the intentionality of like making a space to do it. And then like reminders of, I think of your post-it notes. I think of like, you're going to be under your desk praying. And um, in the times that I've like practiced that, not to say like, hey, if you just do certain things a certain way, like God will do stuff. Yeah. But like that it's a humbling place. And then like seeing it visually, like how God meets you in those places. Mm. Like, I think you've walked by my office, like mm-hmm. after I've come up and like just <laughs> tears and snot everywhere and it's rough. And, um, but man, that, that that's intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you walk in a, um, you walk in a different boldness when you've met with a father yeah, like sure. that. For sure. And, uh, and then to ask God to do stuff that like, we're not putting him in a box. It's like, yeah. hey, God can he can do whatever he wants to. Well, and I think it was JD Greer that said how to why is it that we always I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but we always want to see these out of the box results mm. when we only have in the box faith. Yeah. And it's we're we're never willing to step out on the faith when we know God yeah. has led us in a direction that in our flesh makes yeah. no sense and will make no sense to the world. Right. Um so yeah. I mean, you think if Jesus teaches about the mustard seed, like have faith the size of a mustard yeah. seed, you'll move a mountain. Yeah. And it's like, it makes me think, I'm like, man, how small is my faith? <laughs> yeah. Because a mustard seed's very small. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And it's just like, he's showing us though, like Jesus is giving this visual of like, you just need this faith that I can do whatever. Yeah. And I will. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's been seen like in our, how we pray. And a lot of times he prays, or how we how we pray usually God changes like our mind on like what mm-hmm. we're asking. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of times I've asked God to do certain things that He's like, "Hey, you actually don't want that." <laughs> and pray this way. I love J.I. Packer says uh, he talks about um, God changes our prayers on the way up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Well, we've talked about discipleship a lot throughout the course of our podcast. I feel sure that we'll continue to. I think one of the most important aspects of learning to pray is walking in discipleship, is having somebody that models it well in your life, having space to ask them questions and learn from them. Because Mm. prayer, like every other discipline, is something that is learned. I mean, you think about the disciples, what was the question they asked Jesus? They wanted to know, how do we pray? Mm -hmm. They knew distinctly that was where he got his power. It was what sustained him. It was that time alone with the father. And so clearly after walking with him, they saw the direct impact of it, but they also got to hear him teach it and then watch him model it. Mm -hmm. So I would love Brian, if you could give us a little insight. I know that BB's kind of sharing about like your post-it notes, you're going under your desk, different things. But um, if you could just share for the listener a little bit, what your prayer life looks like in a practical way, um, knowing that different things work for different people, yeah. right? Yeah. It is your personal relationship with Christ. So it's not the end all be all the exclusive way, but 
we also know that you live a prayerful life and you model it so well. So if you could help us understand just what that looks like for you and what that works, um, how it works for you. Well, and I, and you know, and I appreciate the encouragement, but also I'll share this in a moment, but I mean, I wish I could say that I walked in that every single day, but the enemy's sneaky again. He's very, you know, deceptive. And, you know, like I said, I even said it yesterday. I think if he can't get you to worship him, he's going to make you busy. Right. And, and that's, that's the biggest hurdle that I have to cross. But I remember the very first time I can remember seeing it modeled for me was right when I'd gotten hired on staff at a church and I've shared this with, with our staff. I walked in to the church that I was previously on staff with and thought I was the only one in the building and I could hear some murmuring and just some mumbling and I was like, what in the world is that noise? I thought it was just me here. I didn't know anybody else was here. And so I kept following the noise and it led me down to who is on our staff now, uh, Greg Worley's office. And I remember peeking through his window and seeing him laying face down in his floor in his office with a a prayer cloth over him hmm. that I think was brought to him from I don't remember if it was India or Russia or wherever it came from but somebody gave it to him as a gift and just hearing him not having a clue what he's praying about but just hearing him plead to the father and in that moment it really came full circle for me okay all this is is a conversation with God hmm. all it is is that time with me and him and so now to put that into play in my life, you know, like I said, you know, the, I struggle just the same as everybody else. Right. I get busy and there's days that, you know, it gets lunchtime and I'm like, man, I'm not even quote unquote entered my prayer closet. I've not got on my face with the Lord yet. And, but you know, as the Bible talks about pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean that we're nonstop in the floor with a a prayer shawl over our head. That's, that's not what it means. And, but I think for me, pray without ceasing is that, that in the conversation throughout the day is if it's driving down the road and something pops in your mind, have a conversation with the father about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Driving down the road. Yes. Walking down a hallway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sitting on your back porch in the silence of the moment. But for me, as far as my discipline goes, um, and, and this is just one, one very small example is, on my days that I study on Tuesdays mm -hmm. is, you know, I will do all of my research and all of my digging just, you know, I'll get up. I got up this morning and started for this coming Sunday. I'll get up tomorrow morning and begin to do the same thing. And then when I go to my study place, I will continue this research, this, what my mentor used to call the spade work. It's all the digging but before I ever try to put together an outline, before I ever try to put together the thoughts of where we're going, I will literally be laying on my face asking God, I don't want to write down anything mm. that is not, you know, led by you. That is what you have for your people. Cause these are your people, not mine. Mm. Yeah. And God, I want you to just simply use me as a vessel. And what is so unbelievable. And, and this is one of those things, BB, like you said a moment ago, you can't explain it. It's hard to explain an experience. Yeah. And, and it's just so unbelievable how and laying in the floor of, of my camper, you know, God will begin to shape and mold and outline just on my mind. Mm -hmm. And it, well, I will say my heart. And so I'll immediately get up out of the floor and it's as if it can just be a thought 
and then then the Holy Spirit just drives the rest of it. He just begins to play it all out. Um, hmm. So that that is kind of the prayer. I know that may not be exactly what you're asking, but that's that's just part of like the preparation for that. But like this morning, for instance, knowing that I've got to be disciplined. I get in the office and everybody knows I love to talk. And so I usually take the first 45 minutes to an hour, just fellowship with our team. And then as soon as I got to my office, I had to shut the door and I said, okay, it's time to push my chair out of the way and get under the desk. And, and through conversations yesterday, you know, people obviously have things they want me to pray for them about. And so I got under my desk with my sticky pad and my pen and I began to write as God would reveal some of the thoughts from yesterday. Mm. And then I just entered a time where I, pleaded on behalf of every sticky note that was under my desk. And, and, and I go back to what Jared preached two weeks ago. I think is we stay until we stay until we're done. We stay until, you know, you've accomplished what, what I got under there for. And that was to be in a line with the father. And, um, and it's like you said, baby, you get up out from under that moment and you're at peace. Yeah. You feel energized. You feel okay. I, I can I can accomplish today. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that necessarily answered your question. I know it didn't go into a daily routine. Oh, um, so but I, but I'm afraid if I tell you there's a daily routine, I would be lying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm so, not that disciplined. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was, but I'm not. I think too, like for me, because I'm definitely not super disciplined in my prayer. Like I could always be a lot better, but. There's certain things like I want to like, um, I, so Piper, I take Piper to school, uh, Monday through Thursday. She only goes Monday through Thursday, but I, I pray the same prayer over her, her yeah. every morning in the car. Yeah. This morning it killed me. She was like, I, daddy, I want to pray. Cause she wanted to hang out the window mm-hmm. and yell at her friends. And, um, <laughs> but I'm, I want to ask, and I ask like the same four things of God every day for her. And like, it could easily turn into, um, I think this is where heart has it has to be a heartbeat of prayer, because I could just be saying words, right? Yeah. I think of like how many times I'm in sports, like we prayed the Lord's okay. prayer, and majority of those guys had no idea what we were saying. Right. Same for me. Like I didn't love Jesus <laughs> until after high school. So like, um, but it says I want like I pray for God to give her strength, courage, wisdom, and joy, and I want that like desperately. And so when I hear like her teachers, like she just brings so much joy to the class, hmm. like, which is awesome because like sometimes she ain't bringing all that joy at home, but, hmm. uh, that, that's the beauty of like, it's that heartbeat. Like I'm, I'm going and I want to hear her. Like, I want her to hear me say that over hmm. her. Um, now, uh, the intention, what I love about like how you have disciplined yourself, that intentionality, like. I have a space where I'm going, like going to war, like I'm yeah. going to war for people. And what's, what's been so cool for, I know I can speak for our team is to hear you share like, Hey, I'm praying for this person. And then we get to hear the stories. We were talking about it earlier, like these specific salvations that we've prayed yeah. for by name and pled with for a while. And then God, yeah, God yeah. shows up and saves. And we saw that at summer camp a few years ago in student ministry of like, we prayed by name for these kids and like how God answered, like it was just cool. So it's that intentionality of like, but it has to be a heartbeat. Yeah. It's not a rigid, like I just say things and then, cause that, that's like conjuring up God and right. and trying to make him like manifesting his, yeah. his presence. And the reality is he's going to show up when he wants to show up. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and it's so encouraging. I mean, I know y'all are talking about spiritual disciplines in the established class, but like same thing with, with my kids. I mean, before, mm. before we drop deacons, usually our first drop off and before we drop her off, you know, it's just understood, Hey, let's pray. And I'll put my arm up on the back of the seat mm. and, and every kid has to touch my arm before we start. And so like, we're all kind of in together and I pray the same thing. I pray for Brock and Andy and Cooper to be the light in the dark world. Yeah. God use them today. But then with Deacon, obviously, you know, her not knowing the Lord yet, mm. but she's learning and she's wanting to know and she's asking all kinds of questions. Mm. My prayer every day is God continue to speak to Deacon, continue to teach Deacon yeah. how much you love her, what you have for her. Yeah. So good. And um and and God, we're gonna celebrate the day you use her. Yeah. Um yeah. but y'all y'all okay for a funny? Can y'all laugh right Absolutely. now? I need a good laugh. Okay. Because <laughs> Speak, I couldn't help but to snicker about it when you were talking about the Lord's Prayer. You know, I got the privilege of being involved with FCA. Yeah. Let's shout out, Kelsey. Um, Come on. But, you know, being a huddle coach and being a, um, you know, a, I use the word chaplain right. for a football team. And, and, and I remember the very first time that I was the chaplain at Flyer Branch. Um, you know, Coach Griff told me, he said, hey, you'll meet the team at the 50-yard line when they come out of the tunnel, and you'll pray with them. Okay, then the game will start. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you know, the heat of the moment. So they come out, they all run to me, take their helmets off, kneel down around me like I'm the Pope or something. And <laughs> and so then I commenced to praying. And man, I prayed heaven down. I mean, just mm. whoo, whoo, it was powerful, I thought. Griff pulls me to the side and he said, Hey man, next time, can you just do the Lord's Prayer? Because we don't have like seven minutes. So, yeah, so he, he got on to me for being too super spiritual. So the next Friday night, I said, okay, I got it. I'll do the Lord's Prayer. And talking about people praying, and they ain't got a clue what oh, they're yeah. saying. You know, so they, they gather up, and I made a joke about it in the locker room before the game. I said, guys, we'll be doing the Lord's Prayer together. So they would all kind of be on the same page. So we began. They, they ran to me, took their helmets off, kneeled down, blah, blah, blah. We all touched somebody. Then it was our father who had already been, I believe the name, King come, we'll be down, blah, 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 and went to that. <laughs> By the time we got to the end of the prayer, how, fast forward, how's it end? Um, the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Is come on, y'all help me. Lead us not, not to temptation. Lead us not to temptation. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thou is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. And it's so like we were escalating through this prayer. <laughs> And we, by the end, we're just all yelling at God, but it had nothing to do with what we were praying. We were all so emotionally charged by yeah. what was about yeah. to happen. Yeah. And so that was a big funny. And, and I walked away and I said, that's not at all what we were supposed to do. So <laughs> it was just rather comical that we all just oh, commenced to yelling at God yeah. through the Lord's prayer. So anyway, that's fantastic. It's awesome. And there's so much like, we don't have time to get into that about like what Jesus is actually teaching mm, us in yeah. that. It's not just praying this like specifically like, same words over and over mm -hmm. again, which there is power in in praying the same prayer, but like how you present, how you mm -hmm. come to the Father, and and uh, he says pray in this way or pray like this, yeah, and uh, there's so many for funny stories too. It's like who's art, and it's like. And they, like people like not know like, they've just heard the prayer. They've never even like read it, and so. Um, yeah, I think, but I think it's that heartbeat of like, um, prayer has to be this like communication. And I, I, I love what you said in the beginning. I think prayer a lot of times isn't us even talking. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think a lot of us never hear God speak, whether just like whether you feel it or you think you heard it or whatever. It's because we we're never quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like going to a conversation with someone. It's like all they do is talk. It's like, yeah. Hey, I'd I'd like to tell you something if you'd be quiet. (laughs) And I think that's how God like approaches us a lot of times. Like, hey, I'm telling you something. If you just shut up for one minute, it'd be really, really good for you. Yeah. (laughs) But um, we're stubborn. Hmm. So how do we treasure a discipline like prayer without becoming monotonous? Right. I think about what Jared had preached on a couple of weeks ago, that pray until. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that I'm lifting up to the Lord, like on someone's behalf, especially if it's like for someone's salvation, right? And I could be praying this for years. Mm -hmm. How do we not grow weary or mundane or monotonous in these prayers that are on repeat in a lot of ways? Like how, how do we find space in our heart posture to treasure that? And bring it to the Lord with faith without it just being another thing that is on our list of things we've got to get to, to pray for. Hmm. I think it all, this is not a cop out answer, but I think it all goes back to the simple fact of discipline is doing things even when we don't want to. Yeah. And don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm wrong in that, but. And I think it's understanding like we will never do and live up to what God has called us to without praying. Yeah. Um, the early church didn't do anything without praying and fasting. Hmm. And um, and if we want to see God move in powerful ways, then the monotonous is. Um, I heard one guy a long time ago um, at a different church say, um the monotonous leads to the miraculous. Mm. And so it's a lot of times, a lot of times it is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And then God shows up. And I think we see that in scripture. And so I think like whether it is praying or whether it is fasting, like Mm -hmm. we do it because that's what God has asked of us. And, um, and he's because he's promised he's going to do something through it. Yeah. Now, a lot of times that is changing. We changing, uh, our desires and our will to line up with his. Yeah. And he uses prayer to do that a lot of times. Well, I know we didn't really get to talk about uh, fasting much, but kind of felt like we needed to sit with with prayer more so. So as we're winding down, um, I'd love to ask one more question. So one piece of advice that you've received from someone along the way, whether it was the faithful praying grandmother or just a friend at church, maybe it's a spiritual mentor or whatever it may be, that when they shared this one piece of advice about prayer with mm. you, or you got one mm. glimpse maybe into somebody else's prayer life, that something about that really set in your soul and kind of changed the game for your view of prayer, or how you were disciplined in prayer. Just one piece of advice that you could offer to a listener that's been effective for you. Uh, I don't. I can't think of like a phrase or something that was said to me, but it was really how... Uh, I don't know. Like I think of, uh, I think of how you, what I've already said about like how you've modeled it for us. But then I think of like a group of guys when we were all in college, I think of when uh, Jared Cagle and Brandon Sloan and Trey Hildebrandt and those guys, like how we would in our small group, how, how we went to battle 
in prayer, like, and how they prayed, like just listening to them pray shaped a lot of Mm. how I prayed. And so, um, I think it was just being around, uh, some godly men that were desperate to see Jesus move and hearing that. And then also the encouragement of like, make a space, make like have reminders where you can see and then, and God will move and empower that way. So for me, that was it. It was being around men that did it. Yeah. And then that fire, like, uh, kindled over. Yeah. That's good. And maybe this is not even, again, not directly answering the question, but you know, we're all going to approach seasons in life where we're having to pray for direction, you know, pray for big decisions. Right. And a guy, a guy, Philip Jones told me one time, he said, if you're praying for direction and God quote unquote, doesn't answer, Mm. that means he's not given you direction yet. So you go back and do the last thing he told you to do. Mm. And so that's always just really stuck with me. And what that has taught me that, that, until God gives us another direction, we stay faithful to what he's already told us to do. That's yeah. good. And and stay put there yeah. before, you know, obviously you never want to initiate something on your own and ask God to join you. The old Bible study, Henry Blackaby, experiencing God, you see where God's working and you join him there. Yeah. Um, and I think we've got to be so careful because we as humans, we want things to happen yesterday. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, you know, maybe it is that God is trying to teach us for lack of better words, the monotonous and the routine and the discipline of prayer life that even when we don't see him answering it, when in the way we want to, we have to remain faithful and seeking him in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So it's really good. Mm. Man, I really appreciate that and just appreciate this conversation. I think prayer, like any of the disciplines really, but especially prayer, it feels so distant. Mm-hmm. at times uh, because it's not quite as obviously practical as other disciplines. Mm. There's a major role that the spirit plays. He does in all of them, right? But in this particular one, this conversation of mm-hmm. I've just got to wait and I've got to make space and the other ones I can get really caught up in the checklist of I did them because Mm. it is much easier to believe that I have a greater role in them. But this one, it is very, very apparent the difference in my time in prayer when it's led by the spirit, when it's led by myself. Mm. And so this feels so distant so often, but it is so, so practical Mm -hmm. that it is just truly a conversation. And listener, if I could encourage you with anything today, it would be to just start. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Just start, just have the conversation. And if that conversation is only for five minutes, then that's a start. It's not like everybody wakes up and has these awesome three hour times of prayer. And that's where you start at day one. The reality is that the Christian journey is a marathon and we grow in endurance the longer that we walk in close proximity with the father. So it's going to take time, takes time. And I know that we could all say that we've got a ton of room to grow. I certainly know that from being around these two men, um, along with man, our staff, that it's challenged me greatly in my prayer life and seeing where, man, I've got work to do Mm. and work to do with the father, not Mm. in my own will and my own power. So man, thank you, Brian, for joining us. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you having me. Brian. (laughs) Brian. (laughs) (laughs) It's been good. So, 
looking forward to tomorrow for it to drop looking forward to wednesday wednesday for the next i really thought today was tuesday when i started to say that no, that's it's, right it's monday it's, it's it really distinctly. should be Thursday if you hadn't stood us up last week. Oh, wow. All my no. days are mixed up. I was going to say I was looking to forward to establish tomorrow, um, but it is not tomorrow. Establish will be on Wednesday. When or, they're listening to Actually, us. you know what? That would have worked. That really would have worked. Yep. So, establish podcast. Until next time. <laughs> Get low, move slow, and fix your eyes on Jesus. We love you guys. <laughs>